Well, hey, Jim, and hey to everybody who's joining us. I wanted to circle back to something that has come up on the podcast quite a handful of times, but that I was just hoping we could give a little bit more time to considering how prevalent this topic is right now in Christian culture um, that's really affecting our witness in a not so great way. And that's this whole idea of celebrity pastors. We have been kind of collectively bemoaning, you know, the, the consistent newspaper headline about these celebrity pastors or leaders who just keep falling in some shape or form. And it's been devastating um, the Christian community. And like I said, our witness names like Bill Hybels and Ravi Zacharias and Mark Driscoll. And unfortunately, I could go on and on. Um, but what we haven't thoroughly examined, or I was hoping that maybe we could talk a little bit more about, is the making of these celebrity pastors. I want to talk about in the current age of the Christian church, how we got here, you know, what we might want to rethink about, rethink in terms of Christian leaders or moving forward. And so I don't know, Jim, if there is like a working definition for a celebrity pastor that you could maybe provide for us or help us to distinguish like the difference between just a good, effective pastor and a celebrity pastor. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, a couple. First, let me... Uh... Uh, there's a really good book that was just released by Caitlin Beatty called Celebrities for Jesus uh, that um, I recently finished reading. And um, and she teases out something in there about fame versus celebrity, that those are two different things. I thought it was a it was a helpful distinction. Fame, she says, arises from a life uh, well lived. It's, it's not a brand well cultivated. It was a life well lived. That's that that's fame. And celebrity um, uh, really just feeds like mass media and, and, and feeds on mass media and turns um, icons into idols. And so there's this difference between fame and celebrity. And, um, and, and when you said that, 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 when do you know if you've turned from being, you know, hopefully a, a, an authentic, you know, you mentioned the word good pastor to, you know, some kind of celebrity hot mess. Um, or you you view yourself that way. One of the things that I've 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 said to myself and 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 in mentoring other pastors as well over the years is is um, you've when when you're in ministry, you know I, I often would say you know ministry can really be hazardous to your soul, and and one of the reasons is is because because you're in leadership. I don't care if it's a small church or a large church, you're going to have a lot of people treat you like you're the fourth member of the Trinity. And they're just going to award you a, a, a very high level of spirituality that you, quite frankly, you know, haven't earned. And uh, and the truth is, they don't know whether you treat your wife with dignity. They don't know whether you've had a quiet time or any kind of prayer life of any significance in the last six weeks or six months. They don't know any of that. They don't know what you're viewing online. Uh, but they afford you this level of spirituality, this special status, if you will. And, you know, the, the, the dark side of, I mean, that's obviously not good, but it's understandable. I mean, there's, I mean, it's just, you know, people just feel that way toward people who are in vocational ministry or who are priests or pastors mm -hmm. or whatever. The, the danger is when you start beginning to believe your own press reports and you start taking other people's assessment of you as the truth about who you are and that you really are special and that you really should be treated differently and you really should be viewed as more holy and more special and more whatever. And you begin to, to, to buy into that. And so when you start crossing that line and, and you start catching that kind of stuff, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's where a lot of this begins. 
That's interesting because it's almost like celebrity is just as much a mindset as it is, you know, like a like a, a reality in terms of followers and like and appeal. That's interesting. I hadn't really considered that before. Um, you know, there have been Christian celebrities in the past, probably not, but not as many as we have right now. So I'm just wondering, like, is there something that has taken place within culture or perhaps it's linked to technology that has really created fertile ground for the uprising essentially of these types of celebrities? Yeah. I mean, uh, one is obvious and then one may be less obvious, but could be equally strong. Um, First of all, it, it is a modern phenomenon. I, I would say a lot of things connected with the Christian celebrity is, is a modern phenomenon, as opposed to someone who is, has Christian fame. Um, it's been driven by mass media. It almost needed mass media to drive it. So you really saw it burst onto the scene with radio and TV, going all the way back to Amy McPherson and what happened there with her, as well as TV and, and then uh, YouTube and TikTok and so forth. I mean, it's just it's just mass media has, has gone with the celebrity pastor, Christian. Um, but another th dynamic that, that uh, I don't hear talked about very much, some, but is that as Christianity has waned in the West and gotten you know, less significant and less influential, we've become more and more the rise of the nuns and more of a non-Christian secular culture. Christians have grown more and more uh, insecure and they've grown uh, more, um, uh, they felt more vulnerable and they've almost clung to anything or anyone that would um, help them feel better about their faith, more culturally accepted with their faith. And so they want Christian celebrities hmm. uh, and to feel better about themselves. I mean, we can talk all day long about, um, you know, how, you know, bad, bad, bad celebrity people seeking the celebrity, but it's not often talked about, hey, well, who are the thousands of people who are, you know, have made them that celebrity right. and are following them on social media? There's obviously something there within them that wants that preacher with those sneakers, you know, wearing $500 tennis shoes and and dressing like, you know, whatever and, and acting in a certain way and prancing around on the stage and drawing attention to himself or herself and and websites that's more about their face than it is about a church or, or whatever, and just the posturing and so forth. And, and, and you know, uh, so there's something about that that seems to make some Christians feel better about themselves. Hey, look at my, look at my pastor, look how, you know, cool he is or how culturally hip he is or how popular he is or whatever. Um, you know, I saw him wearing this, you know, and like, wow, you know, like, so it made them feel better about themselves somehow. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, whether it's a celebrity pastor or celebrity, you know, we get all excited when we hear about Chris Pratt or Justin Bieber or Kanye West. And, and all of a sudden it's like, see, see world, we're, 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 we're okay. People, you know, we're, we're, we're cool people. We're cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, Nancy beach who, um, uh, was on staff at Willow Creek for a long time and, and. Uh, she she made a statement that was actually in Beatty's book about um, people get refracted light from a celebrity. In other words, somehow if I'm attached to that celebrity or I go to that church or it's like like somehow it reflects on me. And so if I it's like almost like and you do see this in, in, in I'm going afield here, but you see this in and in, in, I've seen this for years, like um, uh, a hot new, you know, teacher comes into this thing and people hear that, oh, there's this guy who's, you know, whatever. And all the 
Christians want to flock to that church because they, they got to be where it's happening. They got to go to the it place and, or they hear there's this youth ministry over here. So they go back running over there and it's just, or, oh man, do you hear that worship leader? He's got a new CD out and it's, it's playing on Spotify. Let's all go over there, you know, because I, I gotta, I've got to be where it's happening culturally and with celebrity. And it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's not a good look. Yeah, it's like we're looking to these celebrities to legitimize maybe an exactly rocky faith or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, some people might say that, you know, just having the right marketing team or, you know, great social media um, presence can really turn anybody into a celebrity. And I mean, to be honest, you look at some celebrities nowadays and you think that might be the case. But I think because this is such a prevalent issue right now that the church is facing, it's at, it's making a lot of people want to take a deeper dive into looking at the exact personality types of the celebrities that we tend to worship and, um, and a matter of saying. And I'm wondering, based on what you've seen as well, are there common denominators of these types of personality types that we have uncovered or, yeah. One, one word, mm-hmm. narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's an interesting book that we can put in the footnotes as well, show notes as well, called When Narcissism Comes to the Church. Mm. Um, and there is a sense where uh, uh, as there's a preoccupation in certain personalities with reputation, influence, uh, success, platform, uh, power. Um, and I think that recent church planting strategy, and again, I don't want to name names or organizations, but I mean, it, it's almost like, give me a young 20 something, good looking, hip, charismatic personality. Okay. That's what, I, that's, that's the job description of a church planner. And even better that they really want, you know, fame or attention or platform. They haven't even planted the church, but they're already thinking about and dreaming about the conference circuit and books and how many thousands of followers they'll have and large audiences and being treated with ridiculous honor and, and making lots of money and having massive homes. And, and it's, it's, it's revolting to me. It, it's, you know, it's, it's disgusting that there's not, that's the vetting process and it attracts people who it's almost like, well, if I can't be a rock star, if I can't be, you know, a famous athlete, well, I'll go plant a church because the whole thing is audience, crowds, money, fame, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and so there, there's a Christian psychologist, uh, Diane Landberg, Langberg, who said they, they have a lot of gifts except the gift of humility mm. and the gift of, of that kind of servant. So I, I do I do think there is something endemic with personalities um, that are that lead to this. That's inter- interesting that you mentioned how they are platform because normally when you think of narcissist, like narcissists don't usually recognize that quality of themselves. But what you're saying is that they're not the what ones. What being a narcissist really... is, you would say you're not a narcissist, so you're right? Not... Yeah. yeah right. So C.S. Lewis once said, "If you want to know the mark of a of a truly prideful person, it's a person who says they're not prideful." I mean, <laughs> that, that's that's the ultimate prideful statement. Yeah, but but what you're saying is that people, these people are specifically platformed by other organizations that for which this shouldn't be um, yeah. a matter of blindness. Or, well, or they're not even looking at character. They're not looking at, uh, I mean, they may look at some theological stuff, but I mean, they're not looking at character. They're, they're not looking at, at, at the, real, the real fruit of the spirit. They're looking at, at, at talents and abilities and charisma and, and like speaking ability or something or how they look. And, and, and bypassing, you know, what 
I would say are far more important things. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense in like the secular world when you're focused on, you know, a bottom line or, you know, a mass appeal or something. But like, when did the church start drinking that that water, thinking that having these dynamic personalities is what makes for a good pastor rather than humility or, you know, or <laughs> commitment to doctrine or like what, what happened with the church that made us think that we should do this? Well, you want some sobering news? It's been with us since the pages of the New Testament. Hmm. Um you know, uh, you're familiar, I'm, I'm sure, where Paul would write to churches and um, warning them of these popular ear tickling mm. gifted orders coming through town that were distorting things. And then Paul would say, I may not be that impressive. My speaking may not be as impressive, you, you know, but um, I gave you the gospel. You, you've you've read that. I mean, it's in the New Testament. I mean, it's in the, 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 the New Testament. So it's been there from the beginning where we're drawn to celebrity. Um, we're drawn to the it factor. We're drawn to those who have the gifts of, of uh, charismatic gifts. You know, they've got charisma, personality and, and effective speakers. Um, and and we're insecure and we want to uh, see someone fit in with culture and reflect culture and be liked by culture. And then we can somehow feel like we're being liked and accepted as 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 well. So I think that it's been with us for the beginning. Hmm. Okay. Well, then that hasn't worked out for us very well. We've, we, we see that every day in the newspaper, right? So what steps do you think the church should take in terms of reform of how we appoint leaders moving forward? You know, there's it, it, I have some interesting, to me, I have some diverse thoughts on this, that one, one, one response is people see this bad behavior and leadership and authority abused and misused. And they say, well, the answer is let's just clamp down on all leaders. Let's just up the accountability voltage as high as it'll go. And just, and, and, and I would say, okay, well, I mean, I hope you have proper accountability, particularly financially, but I mean, uh, don't let accountability become a euphemism for, for control. And let's, let's, Let's not thwart the leadership gift. I mean, leaders are meant to lead. And Romans 16, it's a gift and it's meant to be deployed and used. And and um, so I, I fear that all of this that has happened would lead to almost stifling structures that that would not be, you know, that um, would not be helpful. I think the, the better emphasis, although please hear me say absolute financial accountability, but let leaders lead. Um, but uh, the key is character. It's character. And so when you're looking at, at leaders and you're looking at individuals and you're thinking about pastors and people, uh, watch out for narcissism, watch out for anger uh, and pride and ego. And we all have our pride. We all have our ego. But where is it? Is it, is it, is it something that, that if, if, if the pride and ego that that individual has would make a platform or leadership thing toxic to them and as a result toxic to others then then obviously you you've got something there that's a a big red flag look for humility um and and let me say something about humility and and not having and not being a narcissist and not being an egoist there, there's there's this other thing that i've picked up on of late is that if somebody has a, a large personality or they do have a teaching gift or they, or they are a strong leader, they're instantly stamped narcissist. And I'm going, mm. 
have you studied not what narcissism is? The psychological disorder of narcissism that has nothing to do with being a strong leader or having a certain person, a large personality or an outgoing personality, or even being a gifted communicator. Um, so look for humility, which doesn't mean a small personality. It doesn't mean a lack of teaching gifts. And it, it's not about not being a strong leader. It's, it's about, and this is not original with me. It's, it's one of the most brilliant insights of what I would consider what I'm talking about is from Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, what he called a level five leader. And um, again, we'll put this in the show notes. But um, a level five leader is strong leader, decisive leader, um, and and um, highly competent and skilled leader. But he cares more about the organization than she or he does themselves. There's a there's a humility built into it, but the humility isn't like this weak, willed, kind of limp-wristed, you know, you push me around kind of type. No, they're strong leaders. And and capable leaders and often can be strong personalities, but it's all for the organization. It's not for themselves. So it's this blend of strong leader and humility. And he calls it a level five leader. It's the optimum level of leader. He walks through four others. Yeah. And so that's that's what I'm I think we should look for. It makes you wonder if being a Christian celebrity can ever be a successful combination of terms. Like what, all the things that you're mentioning, I wonder if some don't start out that way, you know, that would pass, pass all those tests, but then and you put fame or money or, you know, all of these followers into anyone's hands and we can change so much. In fact, I remember reading something lately. It was a quote that said, popularity has taken out more Christians than persecution ever has. And so I'm just wondering, like, do you think you can be, like, what if you just find yourself, you know, a celebrity without really intending to be can, can, can that even be maintained can you be a successful christian celebrity i'm concerned let me let me back and come around to that and just through a back door i'm concerned about how many and i, I alluded to this earlier are entering ministry uh planting churches um craving celebrity hmm. craving it uh, rather than pursuing fame and not even fame for themselves, but fame for Jesus. And they, you know, but they, 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 they crave celebrity. They, they desperately want to be a Christian celebrity. That's, that's what they want. And, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I just, I remember I was talking to a fellow pastor friend of mine and he had met with a church planner and we were having lunch and he said, he said, Jim, you're not gonna believe what this guy said to me. I said, what? He said, he said, oh, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to plant and lead a mega church. That's, that's just what I am. That's just what I do. That's just kind of what I was built for. I, I just, that kind of platform. So yeah, whatever I do, it'll need to be a mega church. I'm going, and he was going like, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know what to do with that kind of a starting point and that kind of, you know, craving a platform and celebrity. Um, you know, if notoriety comes of any kind, and it's come to men and women throughout Christian history, um, pray it comes to seasoned souls that uh, didn't seek it uh, and probably don't particularly want it, but uh, they're mature enough to use it for the cause of Christ and not for the promotion of themselves. Hmm. 
Well, that kind of leads me to my last question then. And I just feel even awkward saying this because I have known you for so long and I just know that you you would never consider yourself to be a celebrity. But Jim, a lot of people would. I mean, you you do. You pastor a, what we would say is a mega church. Um, you have, you're an author. You've written over 20 books. You're internationally known. And yet nobody who would interact with you or, you know, be a part of, you know, watching you speak or would ever think, oh gosh, this guy's got a celebrity complex. So what, I imagine there's been some proactive actions or thoughts on your behalf that has protected you from that complex. What, what are some of those? What makes you different? Well, first, let me say something to you as someone who is on staff and who knows me and who uh, sees me up close. Um, thank you for that assessment. That means the world to me. Um, um, second, uh, I don't know that anything is different for me. I'm as sin stained and as sin soaked and as sin tainted as anyone. I, you know, um, but if, if I, if, if I have been able to, to walk the line and I can be as self-deceived as anybody that I, I haven't, or I'm not, but if I have been able to walk the line, I think it would be because I care more about being than doing, um, about building than being known. Um, in truth, uh, and you you know this about me, I'm a flaming introvert, mm-hmm. and and I, I I don't like recognition. Um, so maybe that's a a, a you know built-in protection that I I can claim no credit for, um, but uh, and most of what I've done that has involved that kind of, you know, platform stuff has, has really been resisted. I, I remember, I, and I, you know, I, I, I think even my last five, six, seven books, I just refuse for even there to be a photograph of me. I just, mm-hmm. I just have no interest in that. I just have no interest in that and don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I'm, I'm trying to sound more noble than I am. I, I just, I don't know. There's a revulsion of sorts. Mm-hmm. But my, my my dreams my dreams were very specific. I, I didn't start out wanting celebrity. I didn't start out saying oh, I want a big church or or anything like that. I wanted I wanted an effective church. I wanted a church that's going to reach people. That's what I cared about. And um, but what my, my dreams were very specific. Um, I wanted a family. Hmm. You know, I wanted I wanted to be married and I wanted children. And uh, and and I wanted to. Uh, as God progressively led me, you know, I, I wanted to lead a church, plant a church that was the church. I, I just had, had that dream, that passion, that that vision for the church being the church. And I, I wanted a, a, to live a life that made a difference for Jesus. I, I I don't know what it would be. I just I just didn't want it my life to be inconsequential. It didn't have to be known. I just didn't want to stand before God and 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 have a life that didn't do something for him that could. So I wanted, I wanted to live a life of significance in that sense. I just wanted to make a difference for Jesus. Yes. It didn't. Um, and, um, and, uh, and, and, and then I, I think the last thing is, is that um, whatever it was, I wanted to finish well. Hmm. Um, I, I want, I want uh, those closest to me that, that to, to, hopefully think well of me hmm. and that there there wasn't any kind of deeply entrenched shadow life where i 
you know, mistreated my wife behind closed doors, or I didn't love my children, or my children grew up seething with resentment toward me. I, I want to finish well. And so those were my dreams. And, and I, I think that, it, you know, my dreams just didn't have anything to do with um, anything else. I love that. And I love how with all that you just mentioned about your dreams and your desires, like I feel like that those are the exact things that we all need to be praying for our pastors. If you are in ministry or you attend a church um, and just thinking about what Jim's been talking about, how the world is craving celebrities and the pressure and then, you know, the dark side of whenever, you know, if that status is achieved, that we don't want that for our Christian leaders. And so just praying, you know, essentially just through that list, Jim, that you just gave, you know, that our um, leaders or pastors would be able to have families and effective churches and to finish well. And um, what a beautiful thing to be praying for and guarding our our leaders um, about. So, yeah, I hope this is the last time we talk about this. I have a feeling it won't be, (laughs) but um, this was really helpful. I I was, uh, I'm appreciative that we were able to Um, to dig into this topic a little bit more deeply. So thank you um, again. And thank you for those of you who spent some time listening to this and we hope you'll tune in again next week.